This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist Rite 2 for February 5th, 2023.
Michael, it's so good to have you back. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Church of the Redeemer. It is such a joy and an honor to have the opportunity to worship together. Um, I want to tell you that you might notice some of the lights are out in here. Last week we had an interesting lighting show during the 9 a.m. for those of you who were with us. Got some problems with our inverters downstairs and we're sorting that out. But in the meantime, we've just turned off the offending lights. So it's a little romantic at the 9 a.m., but I hope that you'll survive it. Got a few announcements I want to make today and then we can begin our worship. This morning is our last forum for our Mission Incarnate series, which is going on during the 10 o'clock hour in the parlor. This week, closing the gap between us, uh, that Mission Incarnate work, uh, the, the subject matter is going to be closing the gap between us, and we will have the Reverends Melanie Slane and Gary Lubin joining us and leading us in our exploring the theology of mission and how the stewardship of our privilege can change the institutional church for the better. They'll be in the parlor right after this service. I hope that you will join them. If you'd like to just be with each other and uh, have a little coffee hour time and you don't want to do any educational stuff, we will also have some folks hanging out for coffee hour in the Great Hall. So whether you want to, you know, as I said last week, become a better person or not, either way, stick around. We'd love to have you with us. Um, I hope you'll join Melanie and Gary in the parlor, but if not, I hope you'll grab some coffee and just be with us and relax between services. Uh, we have a couple of things coming up in the next few weeks. The next couple of weeks are very eventful. Next Sunday, February 12th, we will welcome the right Reverend Nettie Rivera. She's one of our assisting bishops in this diocese. She'll be here at this service and at the 11 o'clock. And at this service, uh, she will celebrate, preach, and confirm, receive new members into the church. So hope that you will join us to welcome some folks into the life of our wonderful church and be a part of that beautiful day. And to meet Nettie, if you haven't met her before, she's wonderful. And then the week after that, Sunday, February 19th, is our annual meeting. That will be in person, in the Great Hall, during the 10 o'clock hour. I uh, hope you will join us for that. The 2022 annual report has been mailed to you and is also available on our website under the media tab. So you can check that out and you can review it, especially the list of nominees uh, before heading into the meeting. These are all the things I wanted to make sure that you knew about. So I invite you please to stand as you are able so we can begin our worship.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. be with you. Let us pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Hear the words of Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you, 
The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the fountains of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him sacrificed. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit of power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. 
Uh, we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages of our glory. None of the rulers of this age are understood this, for they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. <clears throat> These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak for these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them. And they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For I truly tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of our Lord. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so I googled something last week that I never thought I would google. It was a question of theodicy a true moral quandary of searching and yearning, an altogether plea for assurance and restoration. I opened my browser and stared at that little white box. What did it know? Sometimes, I think, we ask questions we already know the answer to. Growing up with a father who was a lawyer and a grandfather who was a judge, I became well-versed at this type of practice, asking questions I already know the answer to. But sometimes I wonder also if we're hoping that we'll get an answer that is not reality. Do we sometimes find ourselves in a place of not wanting to know the truth? Now, before I tell you what I googled, I need you to know that science and faith are inextricably connected for me. If something is true of nature, then it must be true of God. If creation is revealing something to us, then the Creator, too, has made way for an epiphany. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? Why are you telling us this, Jesus? You are the light of the world. No pressure. I almost Googled, what do you do when you don't feel like a shining beacon of light? When the flavor of life fails to spark the imagination, and when righteousness seems out of reach, what do you do when you don't feel salty? 
but I just didn't think Siri could handle all of that. So instead, I searched, can the ocean ever run out of salt? It seems like a ridiculous question, or maybe just a rhetorical one. Can the ocean ever run out of salt? What an absurd thing to wonder. I always get this way in the dead of winter. <laughs> the frozen Midwest tundra seems to elicit feelings of helplessness and heartache for me. Jesus' words of firing synapse of the taste buds of humanity and the blazing presence of collective light, well, they seem like a far-off vision in this cold, cold little cave where we hibernate. So can the ocean ever run out of salt? Can I, in fact, hide the light that is in me? Can I hold it so tightly in that little squishy spot in my belly where fire rages and where passion comes from and where disciples long before me have found strength to preach the gospel even in the midst of unspeakable violence, exile, and abandonment? Can the ocean run out of salt? And can the Christian ever unknow the glory of God, the God who gives them life? Our gospel lesson for today has the potential to speak to us in the many seasons of our misunderstandings of God. It can lead us to overcompensate the ego. Oh yeah, I'm salty, check me out, burning torch of awesomeness, so righteous, too good for you, too cool for school or church. And Jesus knows our propensity toward this type of thinking. That's why he's continually reminding his disciples to be humble and to be a collective community. It's not all about you. This gospel lesson can also lead us into the false notion that we are nothing. Not salt, not flame, unrighteous blobs of goo stuck to a burning planet, metaphorically and metaphysically, and basically just meta. This degradation of the self, <clears throat> it leads to isolation and despair, which can be a hard pit to climb from, especially when you just keep digging. Can the ocean run out of salt? No. The ocean cannot run out of salt, even if you do. Because salt works the same way water does, in a cycle. And even when it's trampled underfoot and crushed into a lot of little pieces, it finds a way back to its source. It finds a way to seep into the bedrock of the earth or of humanity and find each other again. It finds a stream that flows back to a river that leads to an ocean. Salinity and solemnity are not codependent. The church can keep on believing even while you have a crisis of faith. And others 
can shine their lights from the mountaintops from which they sit, even if you're in a valley trying to get home. The gospel today implores us to ask two fundamental questions of life. Who are we? And what are we to do? How do we escape the false reality of worthlessness and save ourselves from the presumption of individual salvation? How do we right-size ourselves in the ocean of baptism that allows for salt to be redistributed among those who stream to this body of water? Jesus tells us that we do this by allowing our righteousness to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. I used to think this was one of those impossible tasks that God sets before us. Hey, uh, no big deal, just be more zealous than the zealots and more righteous than the guys who follow the law to the T. But then I realized that Jesus is not asking us to meet the mark of the scribes and Pharisees. He is asking us to exceed it. Not to follow the law just the same way, but to follow it in truth and action with our whole hearts. If the ocean can't run out of salt, and the church can't unknow what we are made for, to follow the two great commandments, love God, love neighbor, then we can't help but desire relationship with God and neighbor. In the next two chapters of the Gospel according to Matthew, which we will explore over the next 11 weeks, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' proclamation to awaiting people, he teaches us to understand the commandments in a wildly new way, a way that takes all that we are and all that we have, and gives it to God. This Sermon on the Mount teaches us how to choose life, how to give freely, how to pray, how to fast, how to treasure things heavenly, how to cease from worry, and how to stop judging ourselves and others. It's okay to wonder if the ocean will ever run out of salt. And it's okay to wonder if you will. It's okay to wonder if the gospel will ever run out of fire. And it's okay to wonder if you will. Because the church has been bland and boring before and managed to still share heavenly banquets. And the church is well acquainted with darkness and she'll leave the light on for you. Amen.
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, she is worshiped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world that there may be justice and peace on the earth. We pray for all the thanksgivings of this life. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. We pray especially for Noah Bass, Lee Hardy, Ryan Patel, Bill Powell, Bill Thaman. Have compassion for those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. We pray for the departed, especially Marguerite Reeves, mother of Francie Morrison. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By the way you have done, and by the way you have done, no, no. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we will repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your love. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able.
peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
and gracious Father. In your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always.
Now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.